Well, that's why I'm starting, you know, hopefully starting a, a new job or two. And, uh, and then I'll be able to do stuff. Yes, I went today. Me. Hey, guys. So, I know it's pretty late. Uh, I don't know if I ever... I uh, just broke out with an episode this late at night, but I got so inspired uh, by real life events that were going on. Just random people that are like, you know, asking me for certain things in my life right now. It's like, uh, I'm really trying to reserve my energy for what I need to do. And they're like actually telling me that, you know, um... I should not be saving my energies for what I need to do, but I should be giving them my energies and that would be a more uh, better use of my time. So anybody that's dealing with that, talking about that, we're talking about uh, healing, we're talking about like how not, like when you're going through something rough, how to like evenly distribute <laughs> the burden that you place on your support team uh, so that you don't alienate anyone and so that you, you know, you still have support and that you respect uh, that it's a privilege that they're there. Um, and it's like, it's not their responsibility, but, you know, that uh, it's a give and take. So we have a lot of fun topics, a lot of fun stuff here, and I hope you stick around. Uh, if it's not your situation, uh you know, I have some advice in here, not advice, but just things that I've come across uh, in helping people. So that's kind of for like, uh, you know, people that are healers, intuitives and stuff. It just might, uh, you know, just a reminder, because I need a reminder myself all the time to protect your energies when you're working with people energetically or you're trying to help them move and transition to uh, a better place of clarity or more stability that, you know, that you keep your own game going um, as you um, minister to them or as you share your energies or as you, like you are, you're sharing uh, your position of stability with them. You're stabilizing them. So you just want to make sure that you are stabilized in the process of stabilizing them. So a uh, fun episode. Uh, if you have any kind of skin conditions or any kind of uh, any kind of scarring, uh, scarring that may not be visible even, but that is felt. Uh, a lot of that is addressed here. So uh, hope you enjoy me. <laughs> enjoy me. No, that didn't mean like that. Uh, I mean, I hope you join me for the journey. Okay, here we go. And the, the thing that makes somebody feel so helpless is that they don't know why they feel that way. So it's, you ever have somebody, if you're trying to help somebody, right? And they say, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't help me. I'm beyond help. Because number one, they can't even tell 
the doctor or the spiritual uh, healer, they can't even tell you what's really going on. They can't explain because they don't know that it's a past life thing. They feel like they're the only one in the world that's dealing with it. Okay? It's a completely unusual thing. You ever have something? You know, maybe you're trying to red pill somebody off of something that, you know, it took you a long time to figure out, but you finally said, oh, it's this. And you try to tell, warn somebody and tell them, no, look, it's this. You, you better, for yourself, you just, you know, you better da-da-da. And you, there's a cognitive dissonance, and this person will not understand no matter what you say, what you do. Well, people that have these past life bonds, anytime they try to tell somebody, I'm feeling like this, I'm feeling like that, and this is very, very real. And most times, people that have the veil over their eyes are like, yo, I don't see it. You know, the worst thing that could happen is somebody says, you're crazy. You, that's not happening. Or, you know, whatever, it's all in your head. Or da 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 And dismiss it. It's like if somebody is like a victim of a crime or something. And, and you tell them, oh, no, that didn't happen. And they're like sitting there bleeding or something. <laughs> you know, like to them. It's like they, they, they literally sitting there with an inflict, affliction and somebody's telling them that it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Two different. Uh, can you go up a little more? They got you high. So look at all those things and see if you are doing similar things that are causing inflammation. But, you know, look at yourself and look at what you're doing. So my biggest thing is check out some of these anti cheap. I'm talking to the parents now. My goodness, how many times have I been on the bus or I've been somewhere and I see a parent that I could see they don't have a whole lot of time. I could see that they probably don't have a whole lot of financial resources. They're probably, you know, depending on what their health care is, who even knows if they can afford these cortisone creams and then keeping up with the creams. And then the child is always scratching and getting dirty and, and all this stuff. And I, I'm telling you, I've had so many advice over the years. People have said, avoid water. She can't go in water, you know, because then you'll itch, you know, and, you know, avoid uh, even now to this day, subconsciously, sometimes avoiding washing hands because I will have a fear of triggering an itch from out of nowhere and knowing what the cost, what the price that's going to be. Some people don't, some people don't factor in what life is like for other people, little things that they take for granted. Oh, water. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, you know, like uh, this food or that food or, you know, this temperature. You know, certain people with eczema, different temperatures uh, affect them. And people are like, oh, just move here. This is a place to move. Oh, you got to move here. This is like where your future is. And I'm like, uh, no, actually, it's not. Because different people with different kinds of skin ailments, um, their 
the temperature and the weather around them is extremely important or they will be suffering all the time as well as what kind of plant life is out there what kind of bug life is out there like it's very much how you feel in the environment so these people dictating what other people need to do and they don't know what that person is really dealing with i'm always saying have compassion have mercy because you don't know what someone else is going through and you may think they live in the greatest life ever and you may not know that they have to have an hour in the sauna a day and and they have to like like I had people that used to tease me and say why do you have to be in the pool oh you you're trying to live you trying to live la vida loca and da, 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 da. and I'm like you're a fool you know I didn't say that but I thought it you know I I have to do this for my health because that's how I'm get, getting the toxins out of my skin so it doesn't uh, come out in another moment and then I, I start itching, you know? And, and that's really weird. Try being somewhere around people and you got that itch and it's like, mm. and you like itching. And I don't know what area you could be itching, but it could be anywhere. Like, especially anywhere that has, you know, heat and depending on the climate, under, under your knees, uh, under your elbows, your wrists, that looks really weird. Under your breasts, thank God I never had that. Some people itch on the face, some people itch on the neck. You'd be like, Is you dirty? <laughs> like, you know? And with people with eczema, if sometimes they can't, depending on what the water is like, there were times when I could not, you know, get in there for a long time, and I am a bath person. So it doesn't matter how we perceive it. This is how the person feels. And so as a healer, you have to address how they feel. Whatever their truth is, if you want to stop the spiritual hemorrhaging or the pain, you have to first be in agreement that I see that you feel like that. I understand that you feel like that. And you have the right, if that is your truth, to feel like that. And really keep it on acknowledging their truth. Because that's all as the spiritual practitioner or the doctor, that's, that's the first step. If you don't have that there, there's no trust, there's no bridge, there's no common ground, there's no safe place to be on with that person to help transition them into feeling or perceiving things differently or being in a different state of mind. So the first thing that has to happen is trust. And if a person's been hurt a lot, whether it's spiritually, physically, chemically, financially, in any way, the trust has to be built and that means even if even if it is all in their mind you need to acknowledge 
that whatever they're feeling, that's what they feel. And that is real because they feel it. You know what I mean? They feel it, whether we see it or not. Because what a lot of people don't understand is that we are under spiritual warfare. The soul is under spiritual warfare. So certain things that somebody's going through, you can't, may, cannot see it with the eye. You can't see it with the eye. If a child comes home and tells you, you know, I can't take it anymore, and da 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 and you've talked with the teacher, and the teacher says, oh, they're not really bothering him. And you see the kids, and da 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 and, you know, they didn't knock him out or anything, you know, and uh, whatever, whatever like that, right? But the kid feels something. The kid is telling you that they perceive an energetical attack. That's what they're telling you. That whenever they're around those people, there's an energy and it's not right. And if you're a parent, you want your kids to have that uh, sensitivity to be able to pick up on it. And the fact that they trust you to tell you and that you're on a relationship that's so good that they're willing to tell you, even if it's so. So what I'm saying to you is, at that point, and that, that could be a hypersensitive child, okay? But you need to be able to then, once you get on the same footing, yes, I see that you feel that way. What is it? It's how they look at me. It's that they're talking behind my back, but then they pretend like they're being nice. You People don't understand these days that through... I mean, I saw a cartoon the other day that was treacherous. Treacherous. Teaching kids how to be mean. There's certain stuff out here that puts people in certain mindsets that really not good, not nice, you know. And so never dismiss the way that a child feels. And, and from that point, once they have your trust that you, you perceive what's going on, okay, now how can we deal with it? How can we change your perspective? So that you don't feel that way. So that you feel more empowered to deal with it. It's like my cat was feeling sick. And I'm somebody that always gives people. I'm very loving. But I give people space. To work out whatever it is that they have to. And when they're ready. Then, you know, I can be around them again. So... So he was sick, and he needed my acknowledgement. Do you see me here barfing on this floor? Like, do you care? And I had to let him know, I know that you're going. See, I took the time to read about cats and why they have to hide 
and why they like to hide, especially when they're not well, is to hide their vulnerability. They have to have some place to go and heal that they feel safe. And then, then after they've done their healing, then they'll come back and join you again, right? So had I not done that research, I would have been saying, oh, my cat is sick. I want him next to me. Let me, you know, have him with me every second. And then, you know, I kind of remembered, you know what they said, and let him go hide until he feels better. And then when he did emerge, to let him know that I know you're hiding, but when you're ready, I'm here. I care about you. I gave him some kisses. I gave him some hugs and he still wasn't ready to be near me. And now I, I had some food and I mean, it made me feel a little weird but it, I didn't get sick from it. But I, I didn't know that it was as off as it was. And for him, because he's a cat, it, it made him much more sick than it made me. And so I, I felt really terrible. I still feel terrible about it. So, you know, I had to like try to fix that because I didn't know that it was gonna, you know, he hasn't eaten anything. I know he's fasting. He's literally fasting now. For days, he's been fasting and, and I'm letting his, him fast and I'm giving him water. Um, and uh, I have a lot to talk to you guys about different things. I'm trying to tell you as much as I can, stay on point while I'm telling you uh, that, uh, Animals have their karma as well, I believe. And that they also learn lessons. They also learn lessons. It's unbelievable, but I actually believe now that I have seen it and I have witnessed it. That, you know, if they're going through something where they're, you know, just like us, either overindulging or over-aggressive or... You know, I hate to say this, but, you know, egotistical, like uppity or whatever, bad attitude. Uh, that divine energy will turn their behinds around just like us. And I actually saw that. So my cat got corrected. And so I'm praying for him and I'm letting him know that I'm here. Um, but... I feel like I see some refinement in him and in his nature. He has learned, he has evolved, and he, I could just see it, that's all I'm going to tell you, and it's not just from this little episode with this little bit of nausea, I've seen his growth, his maturity. Uh, over this past six months and I'm so proud of him but I just see that don't ever think that not everything that is in this matrix we're all here learning lessons and we're, we're here to support each other 
So he's supporting me. I'm supporting him. We're learning. Even my little turtle is, is I see with her, our relationship has evolved. You understand? And there's a trust and a give and a take. And do you see that I poop there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Go, go up further. Do you understand that I need this? And me having to get on their level to see what it is they're saying and where they're coming from has just taught me a new level of sensitivity that I didn't I, I, I had it but you know you say this is an animal I mean on some levels you know but as I'm growing in even my respect to understand them as a life form I'm I'm, I'm being refined to respect her little turtle life and and to to respect to respect creatures in a way I'm somebody that always loved animals but what I'm telling you is that there's layers to it and if you're going to be any type of healer practitioner whatever there has to be layers and layers and layers of respect it's like the word that comes to mind is humility but it's on a different level meaning you have to put parts of your baggage or parts of yourself on the side so that the only person on the stage is the person that you're helping. And that's going to help you tremendously as a healer or as a doctor or as a, a anyone that's, that's trying to help somebody is so that they can just focus on themselves without your stuff in it. And like, unless you consciously have those shields up, there's many, many reasons. There's many, many reasons that you want to have those shields up, especially if you're dealing with somebody, if you're trying to heal someone on a psychological level, because they'll tend to want to bring you into their drama. They'll want to include you. They've made you a part of their story. Uh, what you do, they feel impacts their situation. And it's, it's, uh, it's almost like even though you're a spiritual practitioner, you may not be a doctor per se, you have to really project that professionalism and that distance of why am I here? I'm here to help you. I'm not here to enable you. I'm not here to be a codependent with you. I'm not going through what you're going through with you. I am separate from you, but I'm telling you that I respect what you're experiencing. And I have, 
I need you to understand that I need to stay outside of your situation so that then I will be able to help you. Because if you bring me into your situation, then I no longer have that objectivity and that I can, I am, it affects my ability to help you. Okay, so it's kind of like if you're, you're in a boat, a little canoe, since they love these scenarios, and you need to be rescued, right? And the person uh, sees your SOS and comes by in a bigger boat, and you say, there's a small hole in my canoe, uh, I need you to fix the hole by getting into the canoe with the hole in it with me so what it what they're really saying is if you were in this boat with me i'd have a better chance of survival but what they're not seeing is that no the boat would be twice as heavy and you both would go down with the hole in the boat and th do do you understand and what I'm saying, they don't understand that that's not a rescue. Only if the other person stays outside of the situation, throws you the lifeline, throws you the, uh, what do you call it, the, 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 the floating thing so that you can put that harness on yourself and, and come out. Or they're somehow, they're still connected to the ship, okay? The helper is. And then they collect you and bring you to safety. But the person that you're looking to for help always has to maintain their, their safety first. If you contaminate them with your affliction, they can't help you. You just created another person like now it's an extra person in your in your situation. And you both now gotta look for somebody else to help you. And you never most people never want to make it worse or give another person their problems. So you want to allow your doctor, your practitioner, your whoever to maintain their professional stance so that they can remain objective and they can still have the power to help you. Where, Carla? Can you go up a little further? You're not hungry if you don't have money. I don't have money. Scott told me you spend your money on yourself. I give you $100 a month. Don't spend your money so on you don't buy it, but you. You don't, ha you don't have your $100? What? But when I moved to a different area, I had to acclimate also to the water. So um, that is something also that I wanted to bring to the attention of anybody that thinks that they're moving, anybody that um, is uh, traveling and you don't necessarily know where you go to. I will never forget that story. I don't know when it was, maybe sometime in the 90s where they were like, Madonna went somewhere and she was like, 
I'm bringing like, you know, two tons of Avion with me. And I really understand that now. I understand that. I, I had a dear, dear uh, opera singer uh, colleague that uh, we all loved. And she went to another, let's say, I don't want to say where she went because I don't want to shade the place. But for her, whatever was in that environment caused her such an extreme allergic reaction in that heat. She literally, I, I'm not sure if they said she died on stage or whatever it was, but she was definitely dropping from the heat. Her body, her body was not made for those climates. So you have to know about yourself and you can't just accept stuff that other people say. Um, you have to know your health. You have to know what you're allergic to. You have to know all of this kind of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to give y'all everything in this packet in this little 10 minutes, but I just wanted to tell you that there is hope for you. If you have this scarring, the first thing that you can do, I was saying about the parents that can't afford stuff, that a lot of times that there are, um, there are solutions that don't cost a lot of money and you really just have to experiment. Now, my mom used to, I remember what a hardship it was, and I hate to say that, but Aveeno, the Neutrogena rain bath, um, at the time, Kerry lotion, or even Ambi can do it. Like these things are essential, but you may not have that kind of money every week, you know, if you have more than one child uh, to be, having these products and those are the that what I just said to you is the best of the best um, maybe if you're on a budget you could try the pear soap that is a, a, a slightly more affordable glycerin soap akin to the Neutrogena Neutrogena is to me by far if you have eczema you need to be using Neutrogena but um, the pear soap is wonderful um, you know you, you got to see you got to see what works for you um, but what did I want to tell you guys? That you could look into some of these antifungal sprays and creams that are like for jockstrapage. <laughs> I mean, you know, like that might be a weird experience buying it. You know, what oil is the jockstrapage spraying? You know, it might be weird. But um, like in the Dollar Tree, it's 99 cents. So check that out um, and, and spray it on like a small area. You know what I mean? If you're if you are having issues with like, you know, any kind of jungle toe jam going on or whatever, you can spray this spray on any itching areas. And to me, it works as well as uh, some of these. Um, there used to be, gosh, what was the name of that spray? It was a slightly cortisone spray, and I think it was from Spain, and that also works amazingly well. But if you can't afford it, the antifungal stuff is going to keep the infection down. It's going to help you. You're going to cleanse the area. You're going to keep it clean. It's going to keep that infection down, and that's going to help you so much managing the itch and you will also see a remarkable difference in your skin very very quickly um, obviously with any product that has any kind of uh like if it's in an aerosol spray and if it has any type of ol ending meaning it has alcohol on any level you know then you're just going to want to make sure that you're going to 
spray it on an area maybe that isn't as affected an area that you're not itching as badly just so that you know that you can even tolerate it and handle it because we know that those areas of skin that are inflamed uh, when you sp spray any kind of alcohol on it that could be like a serious situation and Where's yeah, hundred dollars? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna spend it on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And, uh, so if you're constantly looking at them in a certain way, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You have to know whether you can really help somebody or not. If you if you if you feel like, you know, in this one case, you know what I, I'm not the one. You could save somebody a lot of heartache by knowing that, you know, this is your assessment and probably not going to change and maybe you're not the one. Instead of having somebody in therapy for five years, six years, seven years, and, you know, you know they're not really getting anywhere with you, but, you know, you'll take their money. That's not good. Like, always make sure it's good. Always make sure that that's, uh, you know, the service that you're providing is really doing good because you as a practitioner, I you also have to protect your energy. And you, if you're uh, working with somebody, you're giving all these energies and you're doing all of this stuff and this person, it's, um, it's not good for your practice either. So we have to understand how delicate this game is. It's very, very delicate, and you have to protect your energy when you're working with anybody, counseling anybody, even just hearing their, their stories that they tell you. You always have to layer up. That's what I call it. <laughs> you know, Christians call it the full armor of God, whatever it is that you want to call it. You have to always protect yourself. And so... As I try to help certain situations and certain people, there's one more layer that, that I have to talk about, and it's very difficult for some people to understand, but it's very, very important. And I think any practitioner, doctor, medical, clergy would agree with me. Um, especially in the uh, counseling field, um, is that uh, if you are treating someone, um, the relationship dynamic will never be the same. So meaning once you have helped somebody transform, and it's a wonderful thing. They're now freer. They can now be more self-reliant. Um, the nature of their relationship to you can never be the same again. You understand? You don't want them so overwhelmed by your situation that they can't think objectively or that they feel overwhelmed that they don't even want to help you. Do you know what I'm saying to you? 
So you always just want to keep that objectivity, excuse me, and it, it also strengthens the position of the healing. Because when you're from the outside and you say, I am not in your situation, but I acknowledge your pain, I acknowledge your truth, then that enables the person who isn't well to see that somebody that is healthy is saying that there is now a new place, there is a new space where a different version or a, a um, the, the better outcome is already manifested. So the healthier uh, situation, it's possible to create it. So once the unhealthy, unhealthy person sees, oh, wait, you can visualize the space in which I can function feeling better than I feel now. See, because sometimes somebody is so mired in something that their ability to visualize uh, maybe stability or maybe uh, whatever other situation that they're looking to have where they don't feel the way that they feel or where they feel that there are more options or da-da-da-da-da. Um, sometimes they need other people to communicate that vision because they can't see it for themselves. They don't see anything for themselves. You know what I mean? Because of the programming, because of too many bad experiences, maybe because of other people projecting on them too much stuff, they may not be able to see it. So when you remain objective, you give them that uh, life jacket. You're giving them a life jacket where they can think that they, there's another space that they could be that's more safe than the space than they are now. And that's very, very important incrementally to keep building those safe places or those safe uh, states of mind over and over and over and over and over again that needs to happen until the person can stand on their own and so that's why a lot of contemporary therapies don't work because i feel number one that you know how they always say that the scientist affects the experiment you know what i mean uh, i think there was some something with was it Einstein and one of them? And they were just like how the subject was observed or the, the experiment was observed or who was observing it or maybe how they were observing it affects the outcome, okay? So some people that are serving these populations, they're still looking at them the way that you observe them. Your viewpoint your all of that is part of your stuff that I was talking about in the very beginning when I started that you need to, to make sure that that is not 
anywhere in your energy because they're going to pick up on that. And because of the status thing, you can never be equals and partners or any kind of uh, love relationship. So if you're having someone be a counselor, and be able to differentiate uh, appreciating them as a counselor from being a love interest because you're not going to, you are 1000% not going to be able to ever have a relationship. Why? Because after you've been that vulnerable, the status changes. Once you get on your own two feet, you're, and that person knows all your stuff. Most people that have a healthy self-esteem, if it has been restored, it cannot go backwards. Okay? So that's why a lot of women that help a man grow up and transform him or whatever, he's, you're preparing him for the next person. You're not, it's not going to last, is what I'm telling you. Um, and so either that person gets themselves together on their own or gets help somewhere else and they truly have to, there's no substitute for the work. There's no substitute for the work. You can't just say it. You can't just wish it. You can't just will it. It doesn't care if you're rich. It doesn't care if you're poor. It doesn't care who you are. That soul work, and especially healing through the, the night of the soul, whatever, you cannot just get around that. You cannot. So either you do it on your own, or you do it with someone else. But if you do that with the person that you think you're going to have a relationship with, you are not going to have a long-lasting relationship. So what I will say is that I had a friend that I was trying to... I, actually, I was dating this... I'm talking about a whole other situation now. Uh, I was dating somebody. They were also a very good friend. And this is why it's weird, you know, to give too much responsibility to a friend or a love interest if you're going through something. If you're sick in any kind of way or you're dealing with something, you want to you wanna not engage in that relationship because relationships are uh, very delicate. Very, very delicate, especially romantic or love relationships. You cannot just do anything. It's, very, it's so easy to destroy very good things. It really, it really, really is. It's so easy. Um, and I'll tell you some scenarios for that. Uh, some scenarios for that. And it might not be uh, one party's fault over another party. But let's say you have two people that like each other a lot, right? And... Uh, for whatever reason, 
you know, when we got the pandemic, right? And uh, they are courting, that courtship process is happening uh, through texts back and forth. They're not even, for whatever reason, excuse me, they're not even talking on the phone. It's all texting. And one thing that I will say to you about instigating or beginning a relationship that is the commun- the manner of communication is very important. The manner of communication at the beginning of a relationship, at every stage of a relationship, but especially at the beginning, is very, very important. Okay? Because um, you will do things through texting that you would never say if you were in person, especially if you really like the person. You have, you know, if you have certain flaws or certain things that you need to get past, all of a sudden you can pretend like you don't have those issues. And so you're really presenting a false version of yourself. Whether you know it or not, it could be totally innocent. But there is an inhibition there to say things in text that you would not say so readily in person if you like the person. So all of this affects the speed of progress of a relationship. First of all, the exchanging of images. This is something that is extremely important Um, I had a friend of mine that was, he's very, very hyped up about a young lady. And he's telling me, you know, I got a new girlfriend. Yeah, this is my girl. And, you know, he's very much using certain languages. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer or whatever. But I'm like, dude, you just, you had, first he was talking like this. He hadn't even met the girl. But talking about his friends told him how pretty she was. Okay, well, her being pretty, that don't... And them thinking that she's pretty, that shouldn't just make her your girl. So I'm, I'm seeing a mentality that seems to be pervasive. Where it's like, once you pass this thing with the boys or the family, or the, the, the siblings, or whatever, this chick is in. She could be gold digger number eight. But because she has the likes, because she has the looks, this is the one. He, he even said, oh, that's my wife. He don't know this chick from Adam. This is all off of profiles and let me tell you your boys love you they want the best for you and of course there's certain standards well she a nine yo yeah my boy should have a nine oh he got a nine i can get a nine and it could all be very innocent and and very uh supportive and you know yeah i want that for my friend but they're not even hating they're not even jealous or whatever But you do not know this person 
off of an OnlyFans website or even Instagram or whatever it is that people, a, a dating website, you do not know these people. And what we have going on is a generation of people that are, and I, I'm not uh, putting anybody down. I'm just saying to you that we have a generation of people that are using social media and it's a fantasy life. They, they're having whole fantasies of relationships with people and, and, and maybe that person that's engaging with them is also in a fantasy. Both people is in a fantasy. And they don't understand that they're sending each other illusions. And so when they get together and they, you know, hit it and carry on and cohabitate and do whatever it is that they're doing or whatever. And then, then they find out that certain things weren't really real. And they get mad at them at each other. Why aren't you who you pretended to be in our conversations? Then they learn certain things about the person. And then, then they could even, if they're a responsible person, maybe they'd be mad at themselves. Why did I make up in my head that you were the answer to all my problems? Why did I give anybody that level of power that because you had the most perfect butt I had ever seen, and believe me, I know butts because I rate them on 1 to 10, and you had the most perfect butt, and the most perfect butt means that I and we are going to be so happy and I am never going to have a problem again because you got the perfect butt or you got the perfect hair or you got the perfect house or car or children or parents. Hey guys, it's me. Oh goodness. So I have been really doing some deep meditations on healing. I have so much to share with you. Um, I think I'm going to save the details for my book, but I just wanted to tell you guys that there is hope for people um, that have things like eczema and psoriasis. Um, there are certain enzymes and certain things going on in your digestion that uh, probably are um, having you not be able to get rid of the toxins, which causes the inflammation, which causes you to itch your skin, which is the largest organ in the body, right? So you're, you're, you're coming at eczema if you're experienced. You're coming at eczema and, or psoriasis or any kind of skin condition you should be attacking it from multiple sides means from it's got to be holistic from the inside as well as the outside so a lot of people find that making dietary changes uh, are very very helpful and um, I'm gonna talk about that later but just you want to be balanced
it's going to make that all work so i hope that that helps somebody today and uh much more on that um later on so the other thing i wanted to address today cooking with kyla i need a song i don't, I don't think that was it but anyway uh so for lunch uh i'm trying to you know i'm trying to do better y'all i'm trying to do better and i'm understanding more about cellular health and what is necessary we the consuming of the greens the consuming of the proteins you know understanding the body and how it works i'm really really getting into that so i'm finding out that mango is tremendous uh, i'm not going to get into all that now i'm just looking at the recipe we're not going to talk about the health issues of it but this salad that i made today i am digging on this salad and this salad is uh it's a mixed masculine and there's red peppers i don't know what happened to me yesterday where i'm telling you just listen to your body because your body will tell you what you need oh she's hearing things she's hearing voices eat watermelon no i'm just kidding but um your body will let you know like like i don't know i heard some kind of story where somebody was out at sea and you know obviously what did they have available was a plethora of fish but the body knew that they had to eat the even though they never would if they had a choice normally they never would eat the eyeballs first or eat the eyeballs at all they knew that they needed to eat the eyeballs of the fish because that's where the nutrients were that they were missing at sea was in the eyeballs so i hope that didn't ruin lunch for anybody but your body does know what it wants and your body knows what it needs. So, um, yeah, I was hearing, okay, I'm going to need some watermelon, honey. <laughs> and like any of those those fruits that have that, that natural water in it, we're going to talk about it. But it's fantastic for you. The watermelon uh, with this salad right now, I'm having the grapefruit juice with all the juices that I'm consuming. And if you're a mother and you're giving your kids juices... Um, make sure you know what the sugar is in these juices and just no matter what I get that's a juice I usually split it at least in half with water uh, to dilute it because it's a lot of sugar you know and it's giving you twice the volume of stuff and you know it's most of it's from concentrate anyway so <laughs> you're really getting more for your money okay so the grapefruit juice is a really nice complement to this salad that i'm talking about here i crave these red peppers and i don't know what was going on with that but the the mix of the mango peppers excuse me of the red peppers and the mango is so because you have this tangy taste can't quite describe of this red pepper it is sweet but it's got a it's got a little something tangy to it right and then you have the sweetness of the mango wait mmm 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 ooh ooh that's good right and then what I put in there oh goodness I mix the nuts I, I do the trail mix I told you guys I like the goji berry power trail mix right and it's got coconut it's got goji berries it's got cranberries it's got cashews and then i think i had some leftover walnuts and pecans threw that all in there with some poppy seed dressing by 
Man, it's not Annie's. I think it's Franny's. <laughs> I don't know. But then they all got Anne in the name. I don't know. I don't know. But chow is delicious. And so I know I needed to, to get salads in me. And the greens are necessary uh, for my blood to do what it needs to do. So that was this little recipe for today. I'm doing the salads. Like I told you guys, the wilted salad. I'm doing it. Uh, take it out. You can take that out first thing in the morning. It's my brunch. It's my breakfast and my lunch. And hopefully this will keep me going all day. It's also a really beautiful salad to serve because you have such vibrant colors. You've got the greens. You've got the reds. You've got the mango. You've got, you know, all the different nuts and the coconut. It's just a vibrantly beautiful salad uh, to eat. And just visually looking at it and eat, you want to, because there's so much going on, you want to take your time and eat it. Take your time and eat it and enjoy it. And, and, and the slower you eat, the more satiated you feel, right? And it's just so beautiful. You know, you feel like you're loving yourself. This is a loving yourself salad. So, okay. I hope you guys like that, and uh, this should be an episode this week, <laughs> hopefully. Hope you guys enjoyed that, Cooking with Kyla. I'm not asking you to spend it on me. No, I'm saying he told me, don't spend your money, your $100 should last you a month. But you want to be balanced, and that is the key to stopping the itching. Once you've stopped the itching, then you've got to deal with probably like the scarring, you know what I mean? Or like the discolorations and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some people go to plastic surgeons. I don't know who has that kind of money. But what I will tell you is that I have a theory that on the, the skin has, what do they call those, epidermal layers. There's layers and layers and layers of skin. And what I believe to be going on is that there is uh, still some kind of rudimentary level of infection that is left there within the discoloration, okay? So you've opened the skin, you've torn the skin on so many different levels with your scratching, with your abrasions and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we're exposed to, we're outside, there's dirt, there's all this kind of stuff that's in our environment, and it, your skin might turn colors, and it might have nothing so much to do with it currently being inflamed, like some people get rid of, they stop itching for years, and they still have all this discoloration, and especially in people of color, that it leads to a hyperpigmentation, which can be, uh, you know, highly stigmatic, like a stigma on you, especially in your teens, uh, even in your, you know, I think it, it affects people of all ages. So one thing that I find that you can um, start to address these issues is, you know, some people get uh, dependent very early on with topical applications. And we know very early on that you want to avoid the cortisols, the, the, the cortisone, the steroids, cortical steroids. You want to avoid that because that is over time going to lead to your skin being thinned out, which means that you'll be prone to lacerations, bruising, uh, you know, any little thing. Uh, you know, interrupting the skin and you don't want that happening. And it could also lead to skin discoloration, 
such as either hyperpigmentation or I think what is more prevalent is a loss of pigmentation. So you could lose color in that area and if you're melanated that that might be an interesting look but you know sometimes pe people not desiring that. Um, so what I would say is something that I have found over experimenting is that if you begin to address uh, these hyperpigmented areas with subtle topical treatments that address fungi, you will slowly be able to, um, to neutralize uh, this fungus that is on these deep layers of skin. Do you ever spend it on anybody else? On you. When did you spend a hundred dollars on me? You with you, checking this car is is it cost me money, gas. You never want to spray it on too big an area. So always do your spot treatments, and I hope that that helps somebody. I'm gonna tell you that I'm experimenting right now. I'm th I'm working on it. I I have been working on it, and I am working on it. And I think that we're gonna have a lot. Hopefully. A lot of really nice things that's going to help people and it's going to save you a lot of money if you, if you don't have that kind of money and and then you'll be you know uh, sometimes well why won't you wear a bikini and why won't you and you know people you have to be sensitive you don't know what you don't know what somebody has going on you know and everybody wants to be ha half naked on the beach <laughs> don't they I mean I don't know maybe they don't but um, some people don't because they're they're dealing with skin issues and different things like that and if you see someone that has it uh or a child you know i would say give them encouragement and always let a child or even an adult know that that they are loved and they are appreciated no matter what's going on with their skin they're still them even if they have bad acne uh you know and it's you know inflamed and whatever we could take that acne off and they're still the same person, that they are loved regardless of what it is that they're dealing with, uh, with their health. And it's very important in children to reaffirm their attractiveness, especially young boys and young girls. Um, if, if they have like situations where they, they are undressed around other children, you know, like uh, swimming, I think, is excellent for people with eczema. They tell you to avoid the water. I think it's the best thing that you can do because the exercise is phenomenal. The sweating in the water, I know that sounds gross, but is like one of the best things that you can do. And then the, the showering, the, con the showering that you have to take to remove the chlorine and get the chlorine is going to help also with the uh, keeping of the keeping the infection down without having to add anything topically right and then you're going to cleanse your skin after that and then you're going to moisturize your skin after that and just having that regime over time is going to heal your skin it's the best thing that you could do for a child with eczema and they're going to get more confident if they're afraid of water because they've been avoiding water or they they attach water to burning and itching and pain and discomfort it's going to teach them that water is okay you know, it's okay to be in water. It's okay to get wet. And it's like, these are things most average people do not think of. If you don't have it, you don't think of it. But I'm sure children are very sensitive about that. So, um, 
yeah, definitely swimming is like the best thing for them. Um, and uh, it's going to also, the, the regime of taking care of themselves, uh, the it's going to prevent a lot of the inflammation, I believe, as well. It's going to keep their circulation in there, that inner fire that helps the cells uh, to work properly. It's going to... Fine. That's over with. Okay, well, you're not going. What's your name? Told, told me, don't you spend your money. Don't use nothing of yours anymore on nobody. Now, I'm going to let you off right here. And so what happens is through you taking these certain types of baths, and I'll be talking about different protocols and different stuff, um, but you taking these different types of baths um, will enable you to start to slowly slowly to uh, remove this this layer of uh, infection uh, and also to to a certain extent exfoliate the dead skin and sometimes when people want to see change very dramatically and they're tired of being scarred and they're tired of having discolorations and stuff like that and they just want it off and you know maybe they have money or whatever and they're like I'm gonna go to dermatologist or whoever and I'm just going to get it ripped off or I'm going to have it resurfaced you know I'm really going to say that you don't want to get rid of it in a day because some of the the baths and some of the treatments that I'm going to be talking about that's going to do it over time but really you will see results so quickly you're going to be like oh my god like overnight you'll be like wow I could be I could see myself totally clear you know, in two months, three months, five months, a year, depending on how bad it is. And what I like about this incremental, uh, addressing it in an incremental way is that you are, um, you're not causing anything um, too, uh, you know, abrupt, you know, that quickly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you are healing slowly over time and you're also treating your skin you're training your skin I do believe that there is something I, I don't know if it has to do with you know your metaphysical the etheric body or whatever but when you do things over time and you have a practice and you're like you're literally speaking to your body you're speaking to your skin you're reprogramming it and I think that this is a very good and healthy thing for people to do that have been through traumatic experience with scarring uh, and discolorations and all, all kinds of skin aberrations is that you want to also heal emotionally not just uh, physically and what I feel like is the payoff at the end is so much better in satisfaction when you're incrementally seeing a remarkable difference day to day week to week you are healing not just the outside but you're also healing the inside okay and you're you're also encouraging yourself because you're seeing that things can change okay that's fine i appreciate that i want to do things incrementally trust me and you like i say you want to heal on the inside and you want to heal on the outside so taking these certain baths that are going to address the fungal issues. If you haven't thrown out the, the cortisones and stuff like that, take a pause. 
and look into some different fungal treatments. And um, I am suggesting at first the ones that are over the counter because they're not too strong, you know, and whatever you use, just like even if you used Neosporin, you wouldn't want to put it over a whole large area of your skin unless you've tested it already, right? So you want to do, you want to spot treat and test and see how your skin reacts to that area. And if you, like, let's say you buy three different products and you want to have do a little experiment. Maybe you want to, you know, even document it, you know, where you, you say, well, I put this here, I put this here, and I put this here, and this was the reaction. This is when I applied it, what time of day. Carla, Carla, I had the money. Money don't have me. This was uh, before a reaction, after a reaction. This is how many times a week. Um, this was this was how my skin responded. Um, this is how it is now. If it's getting irritated again, you know, you want to take, you want to have a diary because, like I said, every single person and their journey with their skin, whether it's acne, whether it's eczema, whatever it is, it is um, your individual journey. Like you could even have it where it's hereditary in your family, and they have something similar, but theirs is different from yours what cures them might not necessarily cure you it may and it may not you know what i mean you could have two people in the same family that have two you know serious skin issues and the causes or the um the answer might be completely different so you gotta understand you gotta know you ain't missing money when you had it already but i don't have it but whereas sometimes when we know things like eczema, things like uh, whatever ailment that you're having that like maybe you didn't, uh, maybe it depends on what the cause, why do you have this or what triggers it for you and everybody's different. Some people have a uh, topic, topical eczema, psoriasis or whatever and some people have it where it's like a stress thing. So it, you have to know what triggers you to have uh, the inflammation bother you, right? So if it is something that is topical, where it's like you never know if you're going to touch something by accident. If you have a latex, uh, somebody touch you with a latex glove on, they're not thinking, you're not thinking, and then you have a horrible reaction or something like that. Um, people aren't anticipating that, and it could happen again. You got it? You don't got it? What you mean you don't got it? You know what I mean? Or you know, you could uh, be somewhere or be in a relationship or be at work or whatever and have a stressful situation. And whatever you've been using, if, if, if you're a stress-induced eczema and there's all different kinds, everybody's different, but, you know, it could be recurring. So what I'm saying to you is you don't want to do the, a one-day fix, even if you if somebody says that they can do it. You want to do it incrementally. Have a couple of trips if you can afford it. Because what they're doing is basically taking off a huge layer of your skin. And it's thinning it. And as far as I can see, from some of the dermal treatments that I've been witnessing over the years, especially with the acne, and then some of the other uh, products, I can't tell you every name right now. I used to really be on top of this. But all the different uh, topical solutions that are given uh, for the face, 
for the acne and for that. And then you're getting this huge layer scraped off and you look so great. Oh, I got baby new skin, you know, but it just over time, you do not want to do that. You want you better walk home. Told you about it. That's when somebody says, I deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. When, when you let somebody know that they are not appreciated and it's only lip service. Oh, you're so helpful to me. You're such a dear. You're such a, it's like they just want to use you. I mean, that's what it is. And I think I'm seeing that it doesn't get any better than that. And some people just want you to be their, their unpaid therapist. And um, if, if you can't, uh, uh, if I can't really share anything with you, because if I share a positive thing with you, you're going to get jealous or hate on me or conspire against me. Then, then it's not a back and forth because I can't share with you. Um, I can't share. I can't share. It's not, it's not balanced. Situations have to be balanced. That's any situation and it's not personal to me. This is take this everywhere you go and into every relationship. Things have to be balanced. It's like you uh, it's like if you had a boss okay and uh you guys go on trips so you go somewhere or whatever or uh, not trips because you guys get a stipend but uh so that that person will just take it oh they don't have any friends oh they don't have nothing to do on a saturday night oh you know they don't spend their money on anything worthwhile so, you know, I should just be able to come in their life and drain them. And, you know, they should just take it. And if they don't, then, uh, you know, I'm going to retaliate. That's why they don't want to be friends with you. And you need to absorb that. And so I'm just telling people, narcissists do not want to hear this. But I'm just telling you, it's like if, it's like if you're an earth sign and money is important to you, or whatever and you have a friend that like you see them get money and it just flies through their hand like you ask them well didn't you just get a bonus and they turned around and the person's like they don't know where it went or uh, you have a boss or you have a co-worker and every time you guys are someplace uh, you know, like you guys have to go work someplace for some reason, right? And like, uh, there's only one place that you can get lunch because you only have like a 20 minute break. And whenever you're at this place, uh, the lunch at this place is like really, really expensive, but that that's all they've got. Okay. And it's like $20 or $30 and you don't have that kind of money. So you're like, you get to the situation, you're sitting there with your coworker, and you're like, uh, every single time you don't have the $30, and you're looking at them eat lunch like, can you buy me this? 
You know what I mean? Like every single time. That's how it's too much. And you have to know if I do that, this person's going to talk about me. This person's not going to like me. They're going to talk about me. <coughs> and they're not going to want to deal with me. So you have to be sensitive to that. And never assume, well, you know, this person's not a cool kid. This person has, is overweight. That's it. See, some people target you. Because they're, they're thinking, well, this person's not so perfect. Or maybe there's, they look for somebody with, that they think that they think has low self-esteem. Or, you know, it just, they blew it on something, you know, like on something stupid, you know. And uh, you tell that to an earth sign, they they going to be like, you don't value money. I can't, I can't rock with you. You don't value money. You know. So, and we all evaluate each other, even though we don't really know each other's business that well. We evaluate based upon what we think we see and what people let us see may or may not be the case, but that's all you have to go on and you have to, you have to judge accordingly. So I'm just going to tell you, I don't care whether you think my self-esteem is high should be high, is not high, or, you know, should be higher, or I don't care what you observe. Oh, she says she's got stuff. Oh, well, does she have problems? Is she hiding something? Oh, maybe she's not happy. I mean, maybe you need to calm down and snatch your life. When I say I have my own stuff, meaning I want to make my own clothes so that I have something to put on and I don't have to walk around, you know, literally just like not having anything to put on. You don't get to decide, you know, well, she'll just deal, she'll just put up with all my problems. She'll just put up with all of this and that. I'm not. I have my own stuff and it's nobody's business Maybe that stuff is not that serious. I'm not saying that it is. I have the right to use my time doing that. And because I'm not all about you and your issues, I'm not lazy. Because your life isn't my priority. Oh, if your life was my priority, then I wouldn't be lazy, right? Because I'm supposed to be your unpaid assistant or your unpaid therapist or your unpaid creative consultant. You need to go somewhere with that. Because my number one priority in life right now is my health. And that, I don't have a health condition. But what I'm saying to you is I was overworked. I was burnt the hell out. And this person is still... Um, obstructing my computer, all the crap with the podcast. Can't even do the podcast. And that, that's not even making me any money. This is, it's ridiculous. 
So I, I put together a whole podcast that I didn't upload yet, but I had it in place and I knew that I would come back and just tweak it a little bit and then upload it. And this person took away my access to all that work that I did. And I had to start from, from scratch again. And that's why you didn't get a podcast. Not because I'm lazy. I don't have to work under those conditions for free. Oh, hell no, I do not have to. And nobody's going to tell me that I have to. Not when I'm, I don't have, you know, what I need to function and look proper. And, and uh, you know, I'm not supposed to have nutrition. I'm not supposed to even have, uh, uh, I'm not supposed to be able to eat fruit. Because I'm supposed to be the gum on the bottom of somebody's shoe. And they think that if they just play a song on the radio, that, uh, you know, my drawers are going to chop off. Hallie said something about that. I, I don't, I don't roll like that. Because I don't care. And if I've been on my spiritual grind and I know what it takes for me to come up with spiritual insight that is work and somebody sitting there and telling me that my work has no value and I shouldn't be paid for it and yet they're demanding my time for free, I could tell you where you can go. Fast. So I'm done talking and giving this person uh, and narcs everywhere free counseling. I'm not your therapist. And uh, not only uh, do I not want to be your unpaid therapist unless you're paying me, but I really just you're draining and it's not a positive experience. I'm not impressed. I'm really not. And nothing you do, threaten, whatever. I don't care. I don't care because it's not worth it. It's like you need to turn around your relationships and, um, you know, take a lesson from me that if, if I share anything with friends nowadays, things that are not so great, I try to at least make it funny, you know, so that it's not like I'm dumping on them. At least, I, you know, I make it like, oh, that's an entertaining story. Because I don't want to dump on people. It's not anybody else's responsibilities. That I'm tired, that I'm this, that I'm this, that I'm that, whatever. It's, you know, it's not. And I don't expect any, anything. But if that's the way it is, then don't you respect any, don't you expect anything back from me if you don't feel I should be paid for the work that I do when I work hard then don't come to me that you're entitled to anything from me because you're not and if you're going to harm me or make me suffer anything then that's all the more reason why I don't need to have a connection with you because you're not in my best interest and everyone should choose their companions based upon who's in their best interest. If you're hurting my pets, if you're giving my turtle diarrhea, if you're making my cat vomit, 
you think that makes me what how do you think I feel about that do you care what if someone did that to you what would you do you should always put yourself in the shoes of somebody that you're mad at and say if I was that person doing what I'm doing in that person's life what how would I treat them what would I say about it and that's gonna that's gonna really give you your answer right there so every time you do something that hurts me you destroy trust oh that was a very important thing and so if you destroy trust you don't have anything and if somebody is trying to make, like I said in the beginning, a safe place for you to be able to transform your life or to create stability and you betray the, the trust that they are putting energy and, and goodwill towards you to help you and you are wishing misfortune on somebody who's trying to help you, that is self-sabotage. That's self-sabotage. You don't want to hurt. You don't want to hurt the people on your team. You don't want to hurt the people that um, you know that care about you. So I mean, I still care, and I'm concerned for my friend. For all my friends, I'm concerned for them. But um, it's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. So, and you know what's crazy? I'll tell you what's really crazy. When they say to you, I gotta make sure he didn't make his shit. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, uh, what was I gonna say? Sorry to wake you up. Um, I don't know, she just doesn't catch on. Oh, when they say they wouldn't dare bother their other friends. They wouldn't dare burden their other friends with these issues. But you can call me any time of the night and have my butt worried about uh, your situation. And that was one thing, oh my God was one thing my mom always hated she's like you know if you don't if you're like if somebody's like out and you know doing something dangerous or whatever you don't know what they're doing in the the night and you gotta sit there and worry about them and all that kind of stuff I don't have time for that stuff I really don't anyway I don't have time for this conversation I gave too much already, and I, I keep telling myself I'm not going to do it, but there's so many people out there that are dealing with this, and maybe they don't understand. Maybe they don't understand why they're losing friends, why they're losing connections, uh, and like I said, I had to lose somebody that I really, that was an integral part of my support system and my happiness not easily replaced 
and I had to lose him to learn a lesson. And sometimes that's that's what's required is that you have to you have to lose somebody for a while to appreciate them. And not just because they're not doing giving you free stuff or paying your bills or doing stuff for you, but because you lost them. You lost them on an emotional level. That's worse. That's worse. That feels horrible. And I've experienced that too. Where they're like, okay, they're giving you money and but they don't really ever want to deal with you. Ever. Again. Don't be that person. Don't don't lose don't lose somebody. Wake up. I hope that helps somebody. That's really weird. Or talent. Maybe the person can, can sing. Oh, because this person can, he can, he can sing his butt off and da 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 da. He is the one girl. Or he can preach. Oh, he can preach. He is going to be this. He is going to have a mega church. I, you know, I'm going to be the first lady. You know, and people have, they're mixing up their dreams with what this person possibly has going on. And, okay, okay. Wow. So... I, my phone call was interrupted, but another way of seeing this is having a friend that uh, you have to constantly, you know, try to help them observe rules that they don't believe applies to them, right? And then... You, your, let's say your friend is constantly breaking rules, right? And you're constantly trying to make this situation better, right? And then let's say that friend wants to hang out after. That friend wants to hang out and be girlfriends. You know, it's very difficult to keep the same relationship dynamics of hanging out you know, girls' night when you've put your friend through so much, you know, that is out of the league of friendship, it changes the dynamic of the relationship because you've had to become so serious. You know what I'm saying? It's like you've had to you've had to become um not just a friend, but you feel put upon. You know what I'm saying? And you, once you do that, you have to recognize that you've changed the, the light-hearted tone 
of the friendship, of the relationship. You've changed it. And once you change that, you can't really ever go back to, oh yeah, you know, oh, we just hang out and we keep it light because you've already been, you've already been through certain things that have, that's changed it. And I can easily tell you that like I was telling you before, I started telling you, but then I stopped that a long time ago, there was somebody that, uh, you know, I dated and they were also a best friend of mine and I was going through struggles, you know, with, you know, let's say somebody bullying me or whatever. And I kept bringing what I was, the stresses that I was having, let's say at work or in dealing with this other difficult person, I kept bringing that into my relationship or into uh, even a working relationship or a friendship. If you constantly telling that friend, oh, this person, da 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 da, like, like you should be able to confide in somebody. But if your, if your personal minutia is like always the issue, you know, and it can't just be lighthearted, you know, because there's so much of of your personal stuff that that person has to deal with. Nobody has to deal with your personal stuff. And I lost that friend. And let me tell you, to this day, to this day, I mourn the loss of that person from my life because they just decided that it's just too, it was just too much. I mean, it's too much for me, you know, sometimes. So this person that wants to keep me as an associate or a friend, and I don't mind being an acquaintance, but you keep pulling me into your stuff and that's throwing my game off and I don't like it. I don't like it. And no amount of bullying and hurting people that I love, that doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. Saying, well, you don't want to take my baggage. You don't want to deal with my crap. I'm, I'm going to make your friend have a car accident. I'm going to create this problem over here. And then you're going to have to take my crap. That's not going to get the answers that you're looking for. It's just not. And um, I'm not just talking to this person. I'm saying in general that friendships, forget romantic relationships, friendships are so delicate. And every little thing that you do that violates that friendship if you cause somebody financial strain, financial harm, if you're threatening them, if you're uh, just every time they turn around, you got a cloud over their head, that's not going to make your friendship better. It's just not. You're going to push the person away. And if you don't want to do that and you need that person in your life or you want that person in your life, you're going to have to, I'm going to give you the solution now. I'm going to give you the solution. 
And I think that this really works. And it's, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to think about it, but I think that it really works. And in hindsight, I wish that I had done this. So you're having some problems. You're having some issues, right? And you're overwhelmed. It could be at work. It could be emotional. It could be with family. It could be personal. It could be financial. You are overwhelmed. And you don't know what to do. This is what you do. You never dump all of it on one person. You never expect your spouse to take on all of it. You don't expect your parent to be given up their whole life for whatever problem you're in. You don't bring it to your coworkers. You don't uh, give it to who you're dating. You don't take it to your best friend. What you need to be able to do is to break it up into pieces. And you need to say, when I'm interacting with this person, I am only going to expose them to this percentage of what I'm going through because I don't want to change the temperature of our connection. So you have to have a sensitivity in yourself when you know that um, you're exposing somebody to too much of something that is going to destroy the foundation of the friendship. So what you do is you have to organize your support system. If you're overwhelmed by something, and it could be anything, pressures, whatever it is, the healthiest thing that you can do, you have to make a list, make a list. Everybody that's in your life that is there to support you. And then what I would do, and I think this is very smart and be very real with yourself, is to really ask yourself, what percent, based upon what you know of this particular person, after you write down a list of all the people in your life that care about what's going on with you, enough to even hear about it or care about it, you make a list and you need to be honest with yourself. What percent or how much does this person tolerate before they shut me out? Or before they go contact, they, they, before they ghost you? And then you need to step back a, a line or two before there has to be some kind of litmus where, okay, I did this before. I was telling this person about my financial woes to the point where they got scared that I might affect 
their abundance <laughs> because I kept telling them I didn't have money for this I didn't have money for that and it, it was causing so much that they were just like I can't deal with anybody like that and there's people like that that are serious manifestors they don't want to hear your sob story because you know they got through their their thing however they got through it and they don't want to hear it so you have to know how much you can tell certain people because especially in certain areas they don't want to hear it they don't want to be anywhere near that kind of energy they don't they don't want to know you know so um so what i'm saying to you is you have to know when you're dealing with certain people how much burden can i put on this person is my interaction with them if I really want to ha maintain a positive connection, even on a neutral level, if I want to maintain a positive connection with this person, how much negative energy are they willing to take before they cut me off? And I'm telling you right now, because I'm rebuilding myself, I don't have no patience for it. If my every interaction with you is, you know, middle of the night, you're in the hospital. And you did something you knew you had no business doing. Once is okay. Twice, you know, I'm a very loyal person. But if it's a pattern... If it's a pattern and it's always, I, I have to wake up in the middle of the night to deal with your minutia. I have to come up with my last dime that I need for myself, that I'm barely doing for myself. I'm barely doing for my, this. I'm walking around with, you know, a hole in my dress and you're telling me I got to come come up with some money for you to pay your car note or whatever the the thing is that's what I'm talking about that nobody has to deal with that and you're going to lose that person even if you force them even if you force yourself on them it's going to be miserable for you because it's not in the way your your time spending with them is not pleasant because you're bringing negativity to their life that they don't need and that they don't want and it might make you you might be you know might make you unhappy or whatever but a person is always going to um take care of themselves first you know, I know some people that are like, no, oh, I can't hang out with you until your money is right. Right. Well, guess what? I can't hang out with you until your emotional uh, capacity is all right or your mental is all right or your, uh, you know, your health is all right. You know, there's some people that uh, it, when you're overweight in their presence, like it maybe it physically sickens them. And they're like, I can't be around you until you tighten up your act. This everybody has a different level of tolerance for certain things. And you have to know 
what that person's natural level of tolerance is. And no matter what kind of control, power, that you, relevance that you think you have, you're not going to overrule someone's nature. You're not going to overrule someone's nature. And, and I'm, I rarely do this, but I would say I'm trying, to, I'm trying to express something so that people understand on a fundamental level. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to say this in a very basic way because I understand that people are not their sun signs. But I'm just saying. So basically, a person that has uh, energetic description that matches this particular sign. So if you're dealing with an air sign, and you are constantly bringing them, uh, you know, all this emotional baggage, constantly draining them or whatever. Or, you know, air people are very, they're very light in energy. They're very, they don't like to get so heavy. They don't like all the emotions all the time, all the drama. They don't want it. So no matter who you are, how good looking your butt is, uh, the car you drive, uh, who's your parent, or whatever, they don't care because they're air and they have to, they have to, to, to be buoyant and they have to be able to, to be in space and move around and they're going to ditch you. The soon as they can, they're going to ditch you. So maybe you have some control over them, but it's going to be miserable. It's going to be miserable because whenever you hold somebody as a slave, you're a slave too. If you have a fire sign and um, they're very fiery and they're very sensual and they're very passionate and they have a, a, a passion for life and you're always sitting there, you know, like, I don't want to go anywhere. And, you know, they're like, come on, let's go out to the restaurant and uh, wear your hot outfit and, and let's go dancing or whatever. And, you know, maybe, you know, you're another sign that is, you know, a homebody and, you know, you're not into, uh, you know, dressing up or showing out. You're more, I'm a homebody. Uh, you know, I'm just not interested in that. Or every time they have a new idea. You, you, you want to lose an Aries? You want to lose a Sag? You want to lose a Leo? Every time they have an idea, they're like, no, I don't think that could work. Carla! What is it? My father had it. My mother had it. Even my sister had it. But she's dead. Let's say somebody is adopted and maybe they have a christening. Like, 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 so a child is adopted into a family and they christen it. And, and everybody in the family puts a blessing on the child, takes care of the child and everything. Even though that child is not their blood child, that soul, it's possible that it could reincarnate in that family's bloodline because that soul has become a part of their family, part of their soul family. So when people are trying to, I don't know if I should be revealing this, but I'm telling the truth anyway, for what I see, um, people might be like, no, it's impossible that, you know, this person is uh, related to this person. 
whatever. Oh, that's that person's not blood related or da 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 da. Call! What? What is it? And the thing is, that's how that soul was able to do that because they, the family, this love. You know what I mean? Like I think, I think like like the christening situation might be the biggest one. Situ yes. Anyway, um, I don't think we understand the bonds, uh, the bonds that we create with people with each other when we're around them. Also, previous life bonds. Oh, okay. I'll give you something for gas. What? No, I don't want no final. Incarnate anywhere along the soul family. So, like, like you can have two people of two different bloodlines that that soul could come back, even though they're not blood related. I think that I have seen evidence that the soul can come back in the family friend's bloodline because they were so close to the person and to the whole family's bloodline. They were, they, they formed ties, you know, based on loyalty to the family or being around the family. Being adopted, so there's certain. I believe that there's certain rituals that that could happen that make you have almost an equal tie to a bloodline tie, and that could be like. So anyway, I was trying to explain that. Uh, I don't know who it is. Maybe somebody might want to lie about who I am. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who my family is. I actually found them, found my ancestors um, spiritually. How in the world, how in the world did I pick out my ancestors without knowing, without knowing anything, without knowing anything specific? How did I know what had happened? So, uh, let me tell you what I found. So, forget, we're not talking about my family right now. So, there's a, a family that we knew, my mom and I. They're friends of, the, friends of us. And we knew one of their cousins very well. And... He passed away, and when he, after he passed away, and they sent me, one of their other children sent me like a holiday card of their family, and it had their new baby on it, and I saw that the cousin had passed away had reincarnated 
into her daughter, one of her daughters, is her mother's cousin. Had So how the soul can choose to come back within the same family line, but it can also be, now this is interesting, it can also happen if there's family ties, it can also be a uh, uh, soul family. So before I was thinking, okay, well, it definitely, soul can choose to come back anywhere within the bloodline, but it also can re- I don't think people understand but I, as a person that deals with uh, actors, uh, I can see the essence that, that it's the same person. And they, they I don't know if it's a, I don't want to say it's a sad thing. But if they were a certain way in one of their recent past lives, and then they have the veil on them, and they've forgotten, but they carry the energy so, they're so caught up. I'm sharing this with you guys. I'm, I'm sharing this because I know there's people that are spiritual practitioners, whether they be, you know, clergy or if they're intuitive readers or if they're healers. This is something that, that you should know when you're trying to help somebody. And it's just, uh, I'm trying to try to figure out how to talk to you and tell you this. Like, we see people, okay? And they are almost like they're, they're in bondage to these energies of the past. And when we look at it in the physical, we don't see their bonds. Like they could, and I know many people like this. They go to the doctor. Sometimes they go off and, and they say, oh, all this is wrong with me. Ah. And the doctor says, there's nothing wrong with you. It's in your head. You know what I mean? Like they can't diagnose it. Maybe there is a physical ailment, but it can't be diagnosed. And the person that says, no, this is, you know, they can't, they don't understand why something's bothering them. And, uh, and there's either there's no sign of anything really wrong with them 
or uh or they can't figure out what it is or whatever like that and it is the energies this is what i believe what i observe truth of what i observe it is the energies the past life energies I can smell it. I can smell it. Put it in my hand. Over there, I smell it. He's got it. Ooh, let's go meet them.